Hi, and welcome to the Reclamation Project Podcast. We are so glad that you're here, that you're listening, and hopefully that you're a part of the conversation. This discussion that we are having uh, hopefully isn't just recorded words. Hopefully it isn't something that uh, is just something that you listen to, but hopefully it's something that impacts you, that helps you, uh, that these uh, things that we are discussing are, are things that you can put into action in your own life and uh, hopefully help you through whatever uh, struggles and circumstances you may be going through. Today we're going to look at an often misconstrued, distorted, abused terms, and that term is love. Love is uh, a term that has been highly influenced and even, to a certain extent, hijacked uh, by society, uh, by our culture, um, by entertainment, Mm -hmm. um, by a lot of things that influence uh, who we are. Um, growing up, I, I was a huge fan, and I am not too proud to say this, <laughs> of chick flicks. And um, I love chick flicks. Uh, it was when I was a teenager. Um, that explains a lot, actually, to someone who's known you for a while. But go ahead. Yeah. Well, I was going to say as a teenager, but you know what? As an adult, too. Yeah. I, I will say, even to this day, I'm a big fan of chick flicks. Um, I, I, I just love them. I love the aspect of thinking about, um, you know, uh, j- just love and, and seeing p- two people fall in love and two people uh, come together and realize their potential and realize um, how they were meant to be. Uh, but often chick flicks kind of distort, you know, what love is. Um, and they distorted it for me. You know, that there was this, this concept of, oh, this is just going to happen so quickly and and two people are going to come together and they're going to be in love and, and live happily ever after. I mean, just some of the, the mind-blowing, just horribly inaccurate views of w- how love comes about uh, it resides in chick flicks. I mean, you look at like Serendipity. That's one of my most favorite uh, movies ever. Anything with Kate Beckinsale is just amazing. <laughs> um, her and Rachel McAdams, amazing. Uh, but, uh, you know, you look at Serendipity, and in Serendipity, she writes her, her number on a dollar bill and stuffs it in a book. And um, is that how it worked? I don't remember. She, yep. she she did something with a book and wrote her number down. And uh, it was John Cusack's job to find it. And over years and years and years, their lives went separate ways. They became engaged to other people. Um, and he kept looking for this book and, and finally he, he really tries to find this book and, and goes to all these lengths to find it and finds it and finds her and she's engaged, but you know what? That doesn't matter. We're going to end up together and true love prevails. Yes. True love prevails and they live happily ever after. And, and, and it's just, it's unrealistic and, and, and the, the passion that comes with that, the, the yearning for each other that comes with that, it's not necessarily a realistic thing. Does it happen sometimes? Uh, possibly. Maybe not in that way. But, you know, there, but, are, there are some good things that happen there, too. Like even in a every every romantic chick flick, uh, the same theme comes. Boy meets girl. Boy falls in love with girl. Boy does something stupid, breaks up with girl. Boy chases girl, wins girl over again. I mean, it, it does teach us... Uh, a little bit of perseverance and that you could work through hard things and still find love. I mean, depending on what angle you look at, I think that's the other reason we like chick flicks. It does give us some hope. It does give us some hope, but, but there's, there's also just unrealistic aspects of it. I mean, it gives you false hope to a certain extent. Yes. You know, I mean, you look at the bachelor and I will just preface this with, I think I've seen a full five minutes of the bachelor ever. 
but the thought that there's however yeah. many girls is it 25 girls that that start yeah that start and just they they present themselves to this guy and and they have to win him over and there has to be a connection and and then that that person that one last person that's left that they've dwindled their way down to that is the person that they're going to marry and and you look at that and you, there's a false sense of love there's a distorted sense of love is that love is, is something that can be won first of all yeah. it's something that can be um obtained it, it, it's something that you have all these different choices of of who you can love and who you can't and, and you're going to find that person through a rose ceremony um i always but, wondered what they would what they thought of after uh he chose the lucky girl and uh, they're engaged, and they're sitting there watching their episodes, and she's cuddled up next to him on the couch watching to make out with 24 other girls. I always wondered, what was the next thing we didn't see? <laughs> exactly. It's distorted. It's presented in a way um, with an agenda mm-hmm. that that uh, kind of emits a, and requires an emotional um, reaction from you, the viewer. You know, And it's not real. It's not real. I mean you look at all the celebrity couples too that are that are around and 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 what you see in TMZ and in the tabloids and in their shows or yeah. or um you know in, in whatever aspect that they perform in um what you think about that person isn't truly who they are you know 7 days a week they are a completely different person mm-hmm. they can portray a nice person a, a giving person and be the total polar opposite when when you meet them in in person you know, and, and, and there's a false sense there of who they are, and they're, they're portraying something that that they want you to to feel, and, and that's a lot how love has has mm. you know changed over the years. Is is however they've presented it, it's it, it's kind of swayed us to think of what love is and what love isn't. Like like they get to determine the new norm of love. Actually, it's kind of morphed into a uh, culture have said there's really no such thing as everlasting love it's it's learning how to just love in the moment so they've even morphed the the chick flicks you know we're happy ever after all he means until i get tired or we lose our connection that's that's kind of what it's morphed into so the question is is you know now that we've had this misconstrued distorted view of love what is love well Society might define love, and, and before I start, I didn't get to throw my two bits into, like, um, Sweet Home Alabama, best chick flick there is. Okay, I digress. <laughs> they can say love is a feeling, love is an emotion, love is a spark, uh, love is this, you know, electri- electrical connection. Uh, and, and they all, that might be little pieces and elements of, of a true love thing, but I think love is uh, an act of the will. Um, I remember when I, I had a radio show a couple of years ago, I interviewed a lady from India, and uh, two ladies actually, and she, hers was a, an arranged marriage, the, the second one. Uh, she met her husband at the altar, and she goes, can you imagine the, the, the terrifying feeling I had as a 19-year-old girl walking up to be married to a man who I'd never met before? And she goes, as you can imagine, the, the wedding night feel, felt like an assault, um, she said, it took me about five or six years before I really loved him, before I understood what love is. So again, she made a conscious choice. Love is an act of the will. She made a choice to love the guy. There was no magic. There was no spark. In fact, there was fear and anxiety and a little paranoia. 
love is an act of the will. I think that's why when Jesus said, you know, even even the pagans can love people that are nice to them, but I'm asking you to love your enemies. That's not normal. That's a choice. So uh, if if I gauge love as my only definition by our culture, well, then I'm 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 in a sense deluded and delusional when it comes to what my expectations of love is. And love is a choice. It's something that we choose to give to people. It's something that we choose to um, be a part of. Um, and, and so today what we're going to do is we're going to look at love, but we're going to look at it in the context of uh, how we choose to love ourselves. You know, that one term right there would drove a lot of Baptists crazy, including myself. We were kind of taught that that you know, we shouldn't love ourselves. That's that's false pride and, and narcissism. And it's we're boastful. Not, it's, pardon me? It's, it's boastful. Oh, yeah, it's boastful. And, and how arrogant to love yourself. But here's how important that is. Here's how strong that is as an influence in a human being. The Bible says in Proverbs that as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. It doesn't say how God thinks about you. It says how you think about you. So if I, if I have self-loathing, imagine the kind of person I am. If I if I love myself now, let's define that. I'm not talking about arrogant narcissism. Uh, in fact, if you know the story, the Greek mythology of Narcissus, he he uh, was a hunter, and as he was you know traping through the woods, he came across his pool, and he looked at himself in the reflection, and he just absolutely fell in love with himself. He was so enamored by the beauty of his self that he never left. Uh, I've seen two different endings. One, he just sat there and stared at himself until he died. And the other was that he, as he tried to get a closer look at himself and his beauty, he sank and drowned, which which probably is a good ending to a narcissist who are so self-focused. I'm not talking about, and I don't think we're, we're referring to being self-centered, self-focused in that kind of self-love. It's appreciating who I am and my my uniqueness of who God created me to be. I think uh, that kind of self-love serves us correctly and serves us well. And as we talk about the narcissist, you know, the nar- narcissism is is really a distortion of, of the word love. I mean, it, it's being so in love with yourself and, and you don't give it away and and you have this sense of who you are that's distorted mm-hmm. and, and no one can live up to that. No one can be around that. Um, that's what narcissism is. And that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a love um, where you value yourself, um, but you also value yourself in, in an aspect of, of being able to choose to give it away and value another person. I, I don't know how many relationships I've seen over the years uh, of friends that they don't value themselves in that relationship. They end up with somebody who doesn't value them either. They're feeding off of how they feel about themselves correct? and and they're not valued. And, and that in some way morphs, you know, down the line into uh, almost a a manipulative, uh, an abusive relationship where when you're not valued and when you you don't feel value and someone doesn't value you, you know, there's no, uh, give and take of love. There's no give and take of sacrificial love, uh, of giving away love. And, and, or even, you know, if, despite... even if you don't value yourself and someone tries to love you, you won't receive it. I mean, one of the love is one of the six human needs that will be met. It finds a way to be met either positively or negatively. Uh, and that love is everyone has a need to love somebody and have it received and to be loved and receive it. So if I have a terrible self-image and I don't love myself, I'm probably not going to receive the love a partner wants to give me, 
now now we're in marital counseling and we're and we're also talking about the flip side too we're not talking about just someone who doesn't love themselves but there are people that we know that love themselves way too much uh off the air i was telling jeremy about a, a client that i have and and he's he says this and laughs as he says it he's a well-respected uh extremely wealthy nice looking man and he's on his sixth marriage and he told me one time, uh, it partially in jest, and I think there was partially in truth, he said, my big problem is I've yet to find a woman who loves me as much as I love myself. We're not talking about that kind of self-love. The kind of love we're talking about is the kind of self-love where you accept yourself for your uniqueness, your individuality, who you are, uh, Ephesians 2 tells us that we are his handiwork. That means like we're uniquely crafted. There's something special and maybe a one of a kind about who we are. We're talking about that kind of uh, self-love. For me, often I've, I've had trouble accepting my uniqueness, accepting uh, myself and who I am um, over the years. You know, it, it's really taken its toll on me personally, you know, because I, I never felt like I had enough worth. I never felt like mm. I... You know, even in the times where people may have said, oh, he he thinks this way about himself and he's got it together. Uh, I've <laughs> I never had it together at that point. You know, I, I never accepted my uniqueness. I never accepted who I was. I always wanted to be something different. I think that's why I resonated so much with music and entertainment and, and movies is because I was hoping that that thing that they were yeah. was what I could become. And, and I immersed myself in that to, to find comfort in that. Because I wanted, um, I wanted to be what they were, what they were singing about, and I often morphed myself into that character, those characteristics. Well, instead of being unique, you kind of were playing roles. Exactly. I mean, I was playing roles. I was trying to find my place rather than seeing my place and and diving into that. I was trying to be in someone else's. But isn't it true? Like you could play a bunch of roles, but at night when you crawl into bed and you're all alone, you really know who you are. Yeah, you you do, and and you have to accept that. I mean, you have to, you know, we we've talked about purpose and fulfillment and contentment. You have to know what your purpose is. You have to know mm-hmm. how you've been uniquely built and wired, and the circumstances that you've in that 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 you are in that help you convey um, your purpose to other people and and. and um, how to utilize that purpose, you have to accept that. If not, you're, you're playing this role of someone else who is not you, and, and there's no fulfillment in there, that, that. There's, no, um, there's no growth in that. There's no uh, contentment in that. You're constantly looking for yeah, something yeah. else that will fulfill you until you realize who you are and what you And you're looking for something to fulfill you that's not really you. You're actually act looking for something that help your role uh, be better facilitated. You know, uh, that's where, where we've talked about a couple of times as reframing comes into play, that if I, I can look at my uniqueness as something negative or I can turn around and say my uniqueness makes me special, therefore, you know, the positive. I was listening to a Hawaiian pastor. Actually, he was on TV and he was telling a story about a boy. He had him stand up in, in the crowd as one of a young men in his church, high school football stud, Got in a car accident, lost his left arm, and uh, first thing he said when he get got out is he goes, "I want to, I I need to be physical, I need to be in sports." So he asked his dad to take him to martial artists, and and one martial artist took him under his wing and taught him, 
the cool part of the story they had the they had the sensei on on there as well and he, he talked about how he taught this kid four months every day one move one move until he perfected that move he said that here's where his uniqueness came in he entered him his sensei entered him in a uh tournament and the kid said what tournament he said i i only know one move and i have one arm he said trust me so they it's i mean it's almost like a real life karate kid thing. i was going to say it sounds like you're talking about daniel son uh, yeah daniel son and yeah, <laughs> no but it's almost like that that's what that's probably why i was listening to the story uh in in the process he told he told the indian he he came to the end where he was uh moved himself up the tournament and he kept in between matches, he asked his sensei, I don't understand this. He goes, well, it's really easy. Uh, the one move you know is the best move uh, to do, and the only only counterattack to this move is to grab the opponent by the left arm. You do not have a left <laughs> arm. So, you know, in that in that uniqueness, uh, there, was a, there was something special, and I think that's kind of what we're talking about. Let's reframe our uniqueness and, and appreciate it, accept it, enjoy it even do we say love it that's the kind of self-love i think we're referring to and beyond acceptance there's a you know i I think there's a concept of of forgiving yourself Mm. forgiving yourself for your missteps forgiving yourself for where you haven't accepted those things uh forgiving yourself when you've gone out of character and out of who you are supposed to be and you've chased other things Mm -hmm. and um it hasn't worked out you know, forgiving yourself when when you've hurt other people. I mean, that that's huge. Is being able to forgive yourself for hurting other people, but not only that, for hurting yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need to learn how to forgive and how to how to move past uh, the past. That that's been a big one for me. Over what, the years. What's that look like? Well, I mean, for 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 me, I, I, I you know, like I said, I, I chased these roles, and, and I chase you know, I, I became people I wasn't. And that really hurt, um, others. It hurt myself. Uh, and it really, um, you know, distorted my views on different things. Mm -hmm. And and what I had to, I'm a person who I, I feel very deeply, um, when I I've hurt people, when I've hurt myself, um, I fester on it. I, I delve into it. I have a hard time letting go of it. And what I've had to learn over the years is that you have to let the past be the past and forgive yourself for that and move forward. Because if you're constantly holding on to the past, you're bringing that with you. You're almost dragging it with you into yeah. the future. And when you drag it into with you into the future, it, it slows you down. It, um, it prevents you from being able to reach the goals that you have currently. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it, it, it's, it's baggage. And it's, it's really the, the cultural definition of insanity is to do the same thing over and over again and hope for a different result. You, you keep living under the roles. We can't, we can't anticipate or expect a, a different ending because if you do what you always did, you get what you always got. And that's where you find yourself without forgiving yourself. Uh, that's a, that couldn't be a painful thing. Did you, did you ever experience a moment like when you mentioned about forgiving yourself, how did you work through that? took a long time, first of all. Yeah. Um, I, I'm still, I, I would say I still work through it from time to time because th- I'm reminded of things, um, you know, and, and really working through it was was coming to a point where I said, you know what, I just, I have to move on, mm-hmm. you know. I, I love a post that you actually put up the other day 
uh, where it says, uh, is on Instagram, and you said, Dear past, thank you for your lessons. Dear future, I'm ready. Dear God, thank you for another chance. Mm-hmm. I was like, if that would have been spoken to me a couple of years ago, you know, it wouldn't have resonated Sorry. as much. Well, it, it wouldn't have resonated as much, but, right. but, but seeing it today, it's like, man, I've been through that, you know, where I have to let you go. I'm ready for the future. I'm, you know, ready for another chance. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, while I haven't made amends with uh, people or situations necessarily, I, I've had to let them go because there may be no amends to make. And it, it's interesting when you look back, instead of just, dismissing the past, I now take power over it because you've learned. So that's what the first part of that quote was. Thank you for the lessons. Some things we learned only because of that. Uh, so I, I extract the good from that and get rid of the rest of the junk that, that came with it. Well, and this podcast is, you know, this particular podcast that we're recording right now is yeah. evidence of that because I've I've learned from it and now I'm I'm talking about it. Yeah. You know, because I have that experience, and hopefully that experience helps someone else who may be dwelling in those same things that I was dwelling in to say, you know what, I got to cut the cord. Gotta so, let go in, of it. In, in a sense, that is a piece of loving yourself. So, you are secure enough in yourself to talk about it now to maybe help somebody else. That's a form of loving yourself. Yeah. That, that security that you have in your identity that now I can even talk about my silliness because it may help someone else. Well, not only that, it's, it's realizing, okay, and we talked about this is, my purpose, I feel, is helping others become better versions of themselves. A lot of times for me, that is um, trying to help people not go through the crap that I went through mm-hmm. and not make the same mistakes that I've made and, and leaning on my experience and, and my shortcomings to help them, um, you know, not not do those things, not not go through that pain that I've gone through and hopefully thrive instead of, you know, mess up like I have. And it's such a weird dichotomy because it's partially because of that pain you learn these lessons. So there comes a, a fine line of how much pain I let someone go through and how much pain I try to, like if I if I would tell my grandson, you know, stop pulling the dog's ear, she's going to nip at you, I'll let the dog nip. But if I see him getting ready to put his hand on the stove, I'm not going to let him experience that pain. So there's certain pain you have to let people walk through because that's going to be their greatest teacher. But you don't want to go through the full uh, the full Monty of pain that we've been through, because with that pain comes consequences. Yeah, and, and those consequences sometimes are dire, and so, so you don't want want people to walk through that yeah. s- those same consequences mm-hmm. and those, those same things that maybe um, sidelined you for years. Yeah, you know, um, but you want others to uh, experience, you know, the understanding of what what could happen and hopefully move on without having to go through as much as you did. That's a great point. And part of turning that corner for me was uh, not only accepting who I am and and forgiving myself for those things, but also uh, having a humble confidence, Mm -hmm. humble being the key word there, a humble confidence uh, of knowing my purpose and, and knowing I can be used and, and continually kind of affirming myself in that. You know, that that's such a good point. What I give a lot of my clients are these affirmation exercises. And uh, there might have been a day where I thought, well, affirming yourself is 
is really like hand in hand with narcissists, but it's it's really not. I do have to affirm myself in my uniqueness. In fact, it's a great word study if you get in scripture and find out all the things God calls you, all the that you're a child, you're a son, you're a chosen generation, you're part of the vine, you're uh, you're totally accepted, you're forgiven. I mean, those are great reminders to have. And at the end of all those reminders, I have to think, how could I not love myself if the creator who made me and died for me loves me? That almost seems like very an ungrateful position to take. Knowing your worth and, and knowing your value uh, to God and, and, and just in general is just huge. And having that that humble confidence is huge in being able to move and to breathe and to to grow um in this life and in your purpose and in and in who you are as a as a human um as a person mm-hmm. um so 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 it's huge to be able to identify that to be able to affirm that to be able to consistently day in and day out um know that you have the value that you have the worth that that you are uh someone who who has uh, value. Which is really why we chose this first topic in the context of love underneath the umbrella of happiness, that in the areas we're going to go over the next couple of podcasts where we talk about love, this self-love has to be foundational. It sets the course for how you love others. It's going to set the course for how you love God. And uh, that's why I think we chose this topic number one. And there's a lot of people out there who struggle with this. It's something I've struggled with. Um, But I would say to those people that despite the way you feel, despite the way that your circumstances make you feel, that you are loved, you are valued, Mm -hmm. you are desired, you have purpose, and you are unique in who you are, and you are going to be used in that unique spot where you are. Yeah. So as we move um, to, to next week, I, I, I think our hope and our prayer is just that you would find the value in who you are, that the people around you, that the circumstances around you, that you would no longer let them get you down, that you wouldn't let your past uh, continue to be that thing that you're dragging into the future, um, that, that you would be able to accept who you are, mm-hmm. that you would be able to forgive uh, any issues in the past and that you'd be able to move on and, and continue to uh, not just survive as a switch foot put at one time, uh, that I wouldn't just survive, but that I would thrive. Mm-hmm. So if you're a person that's uh, struggling with this or, or, or you just want to continue the conversation with us, there's a couple places that you can do that. Uh, one is on our website, rppodcast.com. Um, also Facebook uh, at facebook.com backslash rppodcast. Uh, we have an Instagram. It is at RP Podcast. And then also you can tweet us, direct message us, direct message us on Twitter at twitter.com uh, backslash the RP Podcast. Uh, we hope that you have an incredible week and that you uh, find your value and find your worth. Uh, until next time, have a good one.